Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm very excited for this episode today. It is with Andre Paradis and... He talks a lot about feminine energy. I feel like half of you are going to hate everything he says and the other half are going to love it and your mind is going to be blown. I I don't know where I stand on this one. I mean, he's definitely not as polarizing as Nelly, as Nelly was, but he definitely has some strong opinions about the equality of men and women and women leaning into their feminine energy in order for relationships to work. And I don't think he's totally off. So I, I want to hear what you think. And then I'll talk more about how I think, how I feel about what he said in the next episode after hearing your thoughts. But I'm going to respond to a few things that you wrote in about, and then we'll get right into him. So the first one is adjusting from the sparks of early dating to being mundane and comfortable. This is just life. Like this is how relationships go. There's this crazy spark in the beginning. You're having sex a million times a day. You're like, you can't get your hands off each other. And then eventually you adjust and you're like more comfortable with one another and it's more mundane. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And you have to like really love and embrace every part of like every stage of your relationship with someone. And it's not always going to be this like crazy spark and that's okay. I think it's finding those special moments in the mundane and comfortable, those moments where, you know, sometimes I'll just like jump on top of Steven when we're on the couch, like not in a sexual way, just like, oh my God, like, and like give him a million kisses. Like you just have to create your own spark and romance within those mundane moments or just like turn to them and be like, I love you. And, you know, have those moments and those become the sparks of the mundane moments, if that makes any sense. So it's just about adjusting and finding the good parts of those less interesting times. Advice for when you're newly living together. Well, I think what's most important is delegating the tasks, like who's doing what, Who's the trash taker outer? Do you switch off? Who does the dishes? Who cooks? Who buys groceries? Who, you know, blah, blah, blah. For me, I actually, because I work from home, I spend a lot of time at home. So I like to do all of those things, except don't love to take the trash out. I don't think anyone does. And whenever I cook, Steven does the dishes. So it's like a give and take, but 
you really have to figure out what works for you and stick to what you want to do and do not have resentments towards what you wish you had and what you don't have task-wise and vice versa, because that's when things don't go so well. And also just, you know, you're newly living together and it can be difficult to have the volume of sex that you did before because now you're just like, it's routine to get in bed with this person, which makes it less sexy, which we kind of talked about in Thursday's episode with Jeff. But regardless, like you should still, you know, try to make time to have those moments. Like maybe don't do it in bed. Maybe do it on the couch. Maybe do it in the kitchen, whatever you want, you know, but that's my advice for living together. So like be aware that that stuff is necessary and that will happen. I also think it's important to understand how much money you both have in the bank by that point in your relationship and have those just like difficult money conversations. I don't think you should like be paying the same rent. If one person makes like five times what the other makes, you should be transparent and know what the other person makes. How to become friends with your significant other's friends. They're guys who are into tech, golf, sports, and finance. Great question. This is definitely my husband's friends in a lot of ways. Um, I like to bond with them over humor a lot of the time. Like I'll send them, we have a group chat with like all the boys that I'm in and another one of the wives is in and it's so fun. And like I'll send memes or funny TikToks that relate to like the Bitcoin and whatever they're into at the moment. And they love that. Um, One of my husband's friends, he loves like surprises and things like that. So we bond over like, when's the next like trip we can plan to surprise him. I also will always like be near Steven when like not always, but a lot of the time when one of his friends calls and like, I'll be on the couch and we'll put the friend on speaker and like, we'll both give them dating advice, for example. And like that brings us closer together. And then they'll ask for like other advice Um, And then when you're with them in person, like talk to them, ask them questions. Like I always ask, and maybe this is just because of like who I am as a dating relationship podcast host, but I will always be like, okay, what's the dating update? Like, give me the update. But I guess like if all of them are married, you can just be like, what's going on with work? Like, what are you into right now? What are you watching? You never know what you can bond with your friends with your significant other's friends over. Like maybe you're both watching the same show. Maybe you're into some sort of conspiracy theory or like a trial that's going on. There's a million trials all the time between like the Johnny and Amber Heard trial that happened and the Trump trials. Like maybe there's something that you can find a common ground on. And I think just like being interested in their life is the easiest way to become friends with them. Group trips with significant other and how to handle conflict when you're not alone. This is so hard because I feel like the past few destination weddings we've been to, like if we've had a fight, we are in a group and it's hard to like address it. I think you just like kind of go to the side a little bit and have your little conversation or honestly, like maybe you realize that it's silly and dumb by being with this group and like you move on or you just like remember things later that you want to talk about and you talk about that them in bed, like before bed. I think, you know, a lot of the time and part of being an adult is putting on a happy face when things might not be, you know, dandy all the time, but it's 
what you got to do. And you can't like always throw a fit, especially if you're in a group. And so I think the best way to deal with this is to save it for later or briefly address it. But my whole thing is like, let's get this out of the way so we can move on. I would probably address it right away. Can you talk about Instagram X, following lots of girls, liking other girls' pictures, other X, et cetera? Ooh, my Instagram X. I mean, I wouldn't say like following lot. Well, I guess following lots of girls would be an ick. Like if they followed all these Instagram models and thought that they like actually had a chance with them. If they comment on people's Instagrams that they don't know, like celebrities thinking that they're going to be noticed by them. Um, liking other girls' pictures doesn't really bother me as much. I think like depends on the security of my relationship, but I find it to be supportive and like, I'd hope that my partner would be like, go off queen with your bikini pic. Like not actually write that, but you know what I mean? Like that's in the way that they're supporting them. Not like, Ooh, like your friends, like boobs are amazing. You know, like I think there's a fine line. Um, I always got the ick when, when like, and I'm talking about guys doing things because you know, I'm a woman into guys, but I'm sure you can get the ick from whoever you're into and whatever they're doing. Um, for me, it always gave me the ick when guys cared about their Instagram following, like their ratios. And when they had these like manicured edited photos or like solo shots, just completely turned me off. Like I was like, Ugh. or I think also just like guys who are constantly replying to your stories especially if you're like they're guys that would potentially want to date you like just don't do that and actually like message me and like text me you have my number you know like i hated those guys who only communicated with me in the dms i thought it was so sus and it gave me the ick other than that i think that's rounds up the icks that i get from guys on instagram i actually sometimes like respect it a lot when a guy posts a thirst trap, as long as it's a good one and doesn't seem like, I don't know, like I, I don't think a thirst trap needs to be a photo of them alone. I think it could be a photo of them with friends where they look good and whatever. Um, and I think like over indexing on like golf or anything like too much is like annoying, but I'm a Virgo rising. So I got a lot of icks. Okay. Um, but I'm curious what yours are. So share them. And I'm excited for you to listen to Andre. When I fly, people think I'm absolutely insane because I'm always wearing star-shaped pimple patches on my face. Always. And it started because obviously I saw Hailey Bieber doing it and whatever Hailey Bieber does, I do. But also because I realized that we were working with this brand for the podcast and I wanted to try it out. And I can't even explain to you how necessary it is. They're called Hydrostars and they're a 100% hydrocolloid pimple patch that helps reduce inflammation, absorb fluid and shrink spots overnight or when you're flying. Because if you're anything like me, when you're flying, you get at least three new pimples every single time. So all I do is I put little stars on my face in the places where I either already have pimples or know that I'm going to get pimples, usually in my T-zone, which I've been getting a lot more of since going off birth control, which is really annoying. So I've never needed star face more. It's really amazing. And they also have sunscreen for acne prone skin, which is called Clear as Day. It's oil-free, lightweight, 100% clear and offers SPF 46, 
which is really, really amazing. And again, their stars are incredible. You can do a full face routine with Starface, truly. And you can shop the entire Starface collection at starface.world. And for a limited time, Starface is offering all We Met at Acme listeners 15% off your first order at checkout with code ACME15. Again, that's code ACME15 for 15% off your first order at starface.world. Check it out and you can look as crazy as I do when traveling because you know you're in good hands since you've got this stars on your face. Go to starface.world and use code ACME15. It's hot girl summer, baby. And the best feeling I've ever had ever is when I'm being good to my body. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And I got to tell you, whenever I'm eating Sakara, I feel like a goddess, a goddess. Like there's no wonder just Jessica Simpson, well, maybe Jessica Simpson, but Gwyneth Paltrow is obsessed with Saqqara. They have nutritionally designed chef-crafted breakfast, lunches, and dinners that are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your nutrition, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. It's delivered right to your door and ready to eat eat. It's really, really delicious. And I'm a huge fan of their breakfast, but also their wellness essentials, like their probiotics, their detox tea, which I love having in between meals. They've got their metabolism super bar, their metabolism super powder, and everything that they have is delish. It really is. Sakar is one of the best companies. I've been working with them for basically since the beginning of this podcast. And there's a reason it's because they're awesome. They also have like fun events all the time. They've got a cookbook out now. So the the possibilities are endless with Sakara. If you haven't already tried it, which is crazy, but you're actually in luck because Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme and enter code Acme at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash acme to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash acme. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with dating coach Andre Paradis. Hey, Andre. Good morning. How's it going over there? Uh, I live in Los Angeles. It's sunny. It's gorgeous. I, I don't know how you, you know, you can't, for me anyway, I can't be miserable in the sun. It's no, almost impossible. It is almost it's impossible. impossible. It's actually a beautiful day here in New York City. And nice. I, I've i always been told by my doctors that I need more vitamin D in my life. And I really am telling you, the second I walk out and it's sunny, my mood, it's just, you know, you would think that I would take that in and say, it's time to move to somewhere where it's always sunny, but I don't, but I should. <laughs> just good thought. 
to say. So Andre, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some background. How old are you and where are you from? I'm 59 years old. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm actually originally, I understand, I can feel your pain in New York City because I'm French Canadian. Mm. So I was born, I was born in a snowbank. This is also why I live in Los Angeles because I was nine years old when I discovered that there are places in the world, honey, that there are snow winters. And my, my mom said that to me at nine years old. I'm literally like, are you insane? <laughs> like, why are we living here? Are you insane? I walk in the stuff, you know, in the morning, I come back for lunch in the minus 30, go back to school, minus 30, come back at oh four o'clock, minus 30. What, we live like this on purpose? You guys are stupid. <laughs> and I made up my, at nine years old, I knew I was going to live in the sun and it was California. So yeah, I spent my life getting here. I've been here longer than I was there, but that's where I come from. I was just going to say, um, what is your current relationship status? Oh, marriage for... It'll be 30 years in uh, October, next October. Almost congratulations. And how did you meet your partner? Well, I was a, I was a dance teacher. I was in, uh, you know, I went from ballroom dancing to contemporary jazz dancing and made a career out of this for 15 years. So moving to Los Angeles was part of following my, my life's dream to become a professional entertainer dancer. And I did. I worked with Michael Jackson, I worked with Prince, I worked with Paula Abdul, Little Iglesias. I was two years with Paula. And so when you're in that industry, you travel, you tour, you dance, you teach. You come back in the city, you teach, and you have you fill up your class because you're the guy who just was on the road with Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? So my wife was one of my students. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. what was your, your game in, in getting your wife then? My game? Your game. Like what My was game? your well, what you what was your line or how did you pursue her? Ooh, you know, I'd been on the road, you know, when I met her, it's actually when I got off the road. I was a Chippendale dancer. Oh my life. This is my life is a movie. Chippendale dancer for a year and a half, you know, sex, drug, rock and roll, like you can't it would you know, I could tell you stories to make your hair curl like mine. Like it's right, but it was fine. I was twenty six years old. When I got off the road, because I that job was actually dangerous for my psyche. I got it. I saw it. It was dangerous for my life. It was, you know, that was le- le- leading me nowhere except making some money. But anyway, so when I, I quit and moved, you know, moved to LA officially, got an agent, all that stuff I was teaching. And I was looking for the girl. I was looking for the girl. I'd done all that craziness and I was looking at very traditional at heart. I actually didn't know that honestly <laughs> i was always a young animal and all of a sudden like i'm actually kind of traditional and i want a woman not all women I, you know and she I had my radar up i remember just like literally could picture my radar i was teaching like 12 classes a week at that time i'm surrounded by beautiful young women all day long that's my job it's me and 45 girls in every class you know but the quality was not there. It is Los Angeles. Just going to say, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. And it was easy to sort through the disqualified. No, 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 no. Until my wife walked in and there was nothing. <sighs> Two minutes and it was done. Like I, this was the girl right there. Now I can't explain that to you. I'd never been able to explain that. It was in it. And my work actually, men say this a lot. Men are very intuitive when it comes to, Women, intuitive is from the head and it's not from the heart. Right? Instinct is in the heart, the gut. Intuitive is from the head. There's a knowing. And man, my brother said this, I've said this, and a lot of my clients, you know, when I saw her, I knew that she was going to be my wife. 
I love I can't, that. I can't explain that. So that's what happened to me and her. And literally, I was in the middle of teaching when she walked in a little bit late. And when I saw her, like, you know, and like my knees got weak and my ears got hot, like a five year old, like caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And, and, and I, I should put, I had to put, push my assistant in front of me to continue teaching because I couldn't hardly function. It was ridiculous. So, wow, it was a full body experience. It was full body experience. This is the one. There she is. That's your girl. I love that. She's been my, she's been my girl ever since. Oh, and at what point in your life did you shift from? dance and performing to being a dating coach and what was that journey like for you oh another another book so, <laughs> another part of the book so i was always in personal development right i'm my brain i mean i look like a musician but i'm a researcher geek i just research everything i want to know everything i'm curious about everything when's your birthday august 31st i knew it was going to be in august <laughs> really yeah. interesting so interesting. So I don't know what that means, but I'll take that you know that part, and I, I'll, you know, with the data, I'm curious. I'm going to dive into researching all that because I'm not, anyway. So personal development in every way, personal development, money workshops, get you shit together workshop, whatever you name it. I've always been curious and wanted to always know what I didn't know because it's really what you don't know that's not serving you. You know what I mean? What not what you know. So I don't know much. I'm a guy. I'm a man. Like we don't know anything actually until we go learn it really so that was my brain constantly pushing and learning just for the quality of my life and the things that i want and all that stuff and so in 2006 i was actually had the, a car business when i quit the road and when i quit dancing i didn't necessarily mean to quit i my wife's a ballerina so we both traveled a lot for years we were married but waited a few years to have children so when we decided to start a family i was not going to be the guy who's not present i was not going to be in europe when my kids are, you know, in school, like I was, so I told my agent, I'm going, I'm not leaving LA anymore to, to work. I'm going to work in LA. The industry is here, right? Television, film, movies, commercials. I'm not traveling anymore. Give me the work in town because I'm not leaving town because I have children and to compensate for my having the space. All of a sudden I opened a car shop in Los Angeles. I'm a car guy. I love old cars. I'm Canadian. There's some frenzy about restoring old cars because they get destroyed from where I come from. And that's a passion of mine. So I started a car business, became instantly successful, instantly successful, just, you know, and it kind of pulled me out completely of the business, you know, within about a year. Like I was, didn't care. Like instead of traveling everywhere, they came to me. It was easier, you know, I'm six minutes from my house, two blocks from the school. So me and my wife, I'm proud to say that I designed our lives where we were at every meet, every parade, Every, you know, every recital, it was not just her, it was me and her at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday or, you know what I mean? Because I was present. I, I set up our lives that I was close by and it was, it was fantastic. So I did that for 22 years until, so midway 2006, personal development brain, always learning. I, w I flew to San Jose, which is Northern California for a three-day workshop, business workshop. I, were, I met some people in that workshop. I ended up sitting next to this couple on the way back from that workshop. And she says to me, what are you doing next weekend? <laughs> and I go, mm, I don't work on the weekend. She goes, you want to come to the workshop? It's on me. And my workshop brain goes, of course. Yes, of course. I'll be there. Where? You know, LAX, blah, blah. And I go, wait, wait. So what's the workshop? And she's like, oh, it's called Understanding Women. I'm like, okay. 
So I just committed myself to a workshop about girls when I'm married. I have no problems with girls. I have no problem with my wife. We're doing fine. We're doing, you know. I have an ease with the ladies. I always have. I always attracted sweet women like my wife. I never did the crazy stuff my friends did. What do you get? You know, so then I'm going, ugh, right? Okay, so I just ruined my weekend. <clears throat> so that morning I went in a little sideways. But when I walked in the space, big airport hotel, there were 400 people in the space. And I remember like the vibe changed. I remember we're getting, oh, this is not, this is serious. This, something is, this is not going to be cute. And sure enough, at the end of the workshop, my brain's all over the wall. Just exploded. Like I realized at that time, Mr. Artist, you know, surrounded with ladies, knew nothing about women. Like, I'm not, I mean like nothing, nothing like, oh my God, nothing. But what was scary for me is I knew nothing about my wife. And then what is it I'm doing to her that I don't mean I'm doing to her because she'll assume stuff, she'll make stuff up, but she'll, you know what I mean? Like that's part of the female brain is filling in the blanks when you're not sure what's happening. Mm -hmm. But that's very, very dangerous for us. And so I don't mean to communicate something, but my action, my words, my lack of action, my lack of words will, hell no. Right? My wife's my baby. My siblings are all divorced a few times. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be a, a statistic just because I didn't know. There's my brain, right? So that was 2006. I jumped into th that company's curriculum. I took all their workshops. And then just to know, just for us, that's, that's, that was the intention at the time. But within, in no time, I was a workshop leader for them, the teacher and me, right? This was easy crossover. That didn't really work out, but I ended up continuing researching. And then I started working with Dr. John Gray, Mars and Venus, Shanti Felhan in the South, Love and Respect, Esther Perel at the time, who was not famous, who is now. And Dr. Pat Allen here in Los Angeles. So like I kept training and learning mm -hmm. and learning. And so I have a cocktail of information from these masters that I work with that is untouchable. And so three years ago, a little bit over three years ago, I was running both business full time. And it became too much because they both kept growing. So I had to literally sell my successful shop so I could do this full-time so that's that's how we got here <laughs> i love it i love it what a journey and you have some strong opinions most of which i actually agree with but i want you to elaborate a little bit so you say that equality is the kiss of death in a relationship absolutely what do you mean by that because my whole thing is like a man should pay for dinners and things like that right but sure. it's okay you know if the woman is let's say has her own thing going on in her own career and her own income, it's okay to split like other things. But I don't know if what you mean by equality is financial. So let me, so tell, tell me what you mean by that. It's, it's partly, but it's really across the board. In our culture now, we're trying to equalize everything. And I know how it started because it makes complete sense. Equal rights, equal pay, equal opportunity, right? Equalize the playing field so it's more fair. Fantastic. I get it. On paper, sounds great. That was the plan and that was achieved in, in so many, so many le levels. But what transpired long term is that now the belief system out there is that, you know, we're equal beings, that there's no difference between men and women. You know, a man to be a good man has to be sweet, sensitive, talkative, vulnerable. Well, that's a girl at the core, right? But so if men don't learn to be sweet, sensitive, talkative, and you know, that they're not 
good men and women have to be strong, independent, and powerful to be good women. So, you know, like we kind of homogenize the concept of the difference that we actually have that actually are made to work together. We're made to be complementary to each other, not equal. So when you equalize men and women, again, it works for business and money. You can be man on man at work. You'll make some good money. You can, you know, like you can man, man on man with your friends. You'll irritate the hell out of them. But that's going to work, right? But in the love dynamics, when you equalize, you equalize the polarity, because man on man is man on man, regardless of what's between your legs, right? With strong, independent, strong, independent, powerful women are masculine. Strong, independent, masculine men are masculine. Collision, right? What's popular in our world is, you know, power couples. You know, I'm a badass. He's a badass. We make a ton of money. Well, those fail in 10 years. Every one of them. Because it's man on man, you're killing the polarity of masculine and feminine. So everything in nature, everything, by the way, this is not my opinion. You said it was my opinion. It's not my opinion. Everything I teach is nature and science, not my opinion. It's the statistic and the thing that I see in nature. Everything in nature that grows, flourishes, succeeds, wins, is polarized. Everything in nature, animals, plants, cycles, everything's in a cycle. Everything is polarized. Right. So when we do this with men and women and think it's better, this is what's happening in our culture. And that's what helped fix, you know, women who find men noodly. They don't know who they are. They don't know if they should pay. They don't, they don't know anything because we, we shame them out of being masculine because masculinity is toxic. Hell no. That's not going to work. How is you making half the planet toxic? How the hell is this going to work? Right. No. So. That's so men don't know what to do anymore. They're not, they're not even allowed to talk about it, by the way. That's misogynistic. Really? Men can't say, I'm sick of women pushing me around. I don't want to be controlled. No, nobody wants to be controlled. I get it. But now the cultural pace is, girl, you don't want to take his shit. And he's got to meet you up here. Well, that's all ridiculous, is what I'm saying. So we just literally flipped the script on what men and women really kind of bring naturally. We flipped this, we make this way. And then we wonder why it's more complicated. I mean, the statistic, just one more, I'm sorry. Statistic, the statistics are in the past 20 years, women are the most unhappy that have been in the entire history of mankind. How can that be? Well, flip the script. Confuse everyone. Go against nature. It's not better. It's more complicated and hurtful. And women are isolated and women are isolated and in pain, not understanding why nobody, nobody wants to date them. Nobody likes them. Nobody gets them on a second date. And the men are lonely because they don't know what to do. So they step out. doesn't work. So how can Oof. a woman who is powerful in her job mm-hmm. and in work to lean into her feminine side when it comes to dating and kind of flip the switch a little bit without yeah. being unnatural? Absolutely. Beautiful question. So the problem that I see, what happens on both sides for men and women is, again, the culture is very, very difficult to go against the tidal wave of the culture of belief system. Equality is the key. Equality is the key. Equality is the key. You go, girl. You don't need man. You can't trust them anyway. Go, girl. Go, girl. Be independent. Be strong because you can't count on them anyway. All right? So what happens is that becomes, that becomes, there's no, there's no, <laughs> what's the word? There's only one part of the, one part of you that shows up in the world is that badass chick, right? So women don't know to change their energy, to change how they show up in the world after work, because that's become who they are. This is what I see, right? It's being over-calibrated one way. 
that doesn't serve them in, in the personal life. Same with men. When men are shamed out of being masculine and they're like sweet and sensitive and vulnerable, they go, so where do you want to go for dinner? Do I see you this weekend? Like, what kind of movie do you want to go see? And become so passive because they're not supposed to lean on you. They stop making plans. They don't go after you. They don't call. They, make, they put it back on you, which is more masculine on you. And that doesn't work long-term. And I can tell you, you see what I mean? So that's, that's where the thing is. So in my world, a true badass woman is a woman who can be masculine at work because to work and to produce results, you have to be masculine and competitive. Okay. But when you get off of work, leave your balls at work. Yeah. Do not show up in the world with your balls in my face or anybody's face because that irritates men. And men... Don't want your masculinity. Men are not attracted to your masculinity or your power. Men don't give a shit about your money. They don't. They really don't. It's interesting that's part of you are. It's interesting in your life, but that is not why he's with you. A boy, by the way, is all about that, which is another kind of problem. So, because in my world, there's three types of men: boys, guys, and men. They look the same, totally different beings. So, when women are masculine, masculine, they attract boys who will make them work and push them. You go, girl, and you know get that raise i'm so proud of you and encourage you to be more masculine it doesn't work within you know eventually the whole thing falls apart you're going against nature so it's the calibration i would i would argue that a man please argue a man can still want you to like get that raise and want you to be successful but be in his masculine like and no like it may be in his mind think that he is more successful so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like he, I think to say that like a man who encourages you to do better at work is a boy doesn't make sense to me because the opposite. Yeah. So to explain. That's not what I'm saying. It's a, it's a kind of delicate long, like we don't have time to, it's it's, it's a a longish detailed conversation. But what I'm saying is a lot of women experience this. They're, they're, whether after they had children or they went back to work or they don't have children and kind of lean to their careers like men <clears throat> with a man who's a man who's leaning into his career often they find out within a few years that he is not god i hear that it's almost 100 percent. by the way women complain that men in their lives aren't supportive of their careers they don't want to hear about it they don't they don't want, they don't want to hear about it they don't want you to come home and like oh my god i closed that deal they don't really because it's it's kind of a it's a delicate story but it's man on man and that's not the part of you he's going to be proud of you to a certain point of where you're accomplishing yes but if it takes you away from him too much he resents it mm-hmm. back to the dance right look behind me look behind me this is my wife and i ballroom dancing right what i teach is those that dynamic where we come together to create a new entity called us a partnership Right. But when you're man on man, this is impossible. And when you're man on man, man resented and women get burnt out. I just said this again back to nature. So, again, this is a hard conversation to have in a few minutes, but men will be proud of the women, but not at the cost of losing her over her career. He resents that. Where is my wife? Is what they say. Where is my wife? That I understand. That I understand. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, like, I think. And maybe it's different for for me and my marriage because I make my own hours and things like that. So like if I want to turn off and like step into my femininity and like make it a nice home for him when he comes back from work, I can do that. So that I do understand in in a way. 
I talked a little bit about how to keep it sexy when you've just moved in with a partner. But something that people forget when they move in with a partner is that you can still masturbate. Like just because you're moving in with someone doesn't mean you're never going to get to masturbate again, especially if that's part of your self-care routine, which it's definitely part of mine. I feel like I'm doing it every night when Steven goes to bed, even if we've had sex. Like that's just kind of who I am and my vibe. And I love it. I really do. And part of masturbating, what makes it so fun is the amazingly sexy short audio stories that I've been listening to. Dipsy is the best place to find the sexiest, hottest content with all of these amazing audio stories about, you know, hooking up with your yoga instructor, your coworker with a hot Australian accent, whatever you're into. Also, if you're into astrology like I am, they have stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign. They also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and they also offer written stories if it's hotter for you to read it out. But I'm more of a listener. I like to listen to it and it's perfect to do when you're significant other sleeping, honestly, because you don't have to be looking at something on a screen. You're, you can just have your AirPods in or your ear, your headphones, whatever it is. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days full of sexy stories for free. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. There's new stories every week. So you never have to listen to the same one twice unless you're one of those kind who is a creature of habit and you like the same story and over and over again, which I kind of is my vibe. So go to dipsystories.com slash Acme and get your 30-day free trial. Okay. So about a few years ago, we were working with Thrive Cosmetics and I was insanely obsessed with their product. And then it ran out and I was like, oh no. And then we weren't working with them for years. And now we're working with them again. And I could not be happier because I'm obsessed with their eye brightener, all of their like eyeshadows. They have an amazing lip balm treatment. And what I just ordered for the first time, which is their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. I mean, you know, I don't like lash extensions. This is basically lash extensions without having to go and sit in a chair. They have this eye brightener, which is like, you know, when you get your makeup done and they put something under your eye to like illuminate it, but you have no idea what it is. It's this. It's called the Brilliant Eye Brightener. And I have it in Muna, which is like a mauve tape shimmer. And I put it under my eye to highlight it when I'm like doing my makeup for a wedding or whatever it is. And you can also put it on top of your eye, which is really amazing. Thrive Cosmetics is one of the best cosmetic companies out there, especially because they're 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Cause is in the name for a reason. Every single purchase supports organizations that help women thrive. It's really amazing. Their mascara that I mentioned, the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara and the Brilliant Eye Brightener. Also the lip balm. Amazing, amazing. I'm obsessed with these products. I'm telling you, these are like the best makeup products in the game. I dreamt about this product for years before I got it in my hands again. And I'm so happy to be working with Thrive Cosmetics. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash Acme. That's Thrive 
T-H-R-I-V-E Cosmetics, like C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Acme for 15% off your first order. Let me know what you think of the products. More and more, I've been hearing from women who follow and listen to the podcast that they like to, they're more sexually charged and have a higher libido than their male partner. And they're like, how do I bring it up without emasculating him? You know, what is, what is the dance there? And why do you think that that's such a thing? And, and does it have to do with going back to, you know, the equality? Yes. (laughs) But it's such a long conversation because there's again, it's a lot of details, but get this. To be competitive, to want glamour money, right, is all masculine. The feminine, the true feminine is not wants connection more, wants nurturing more, wants, you know, feeling safe more. So masculine women often like to have sex like men. Just saying, factual. There's data on this. What happened though, but when you're a woman who get this, this is this is again, this is not obvious, but this is not my opinion again, that when you want more from a man, a real man even a boy, when you want more, even asking for it, you get less of it. You get less of it. You can't ask a man for more time, more sex, more attention, more nothing. You can't. That's mothering. Mothering makes you the mother. Nobody wants to have sex with a mother. So how do you get it? How do you do it without asking? You have have to be an invitation to him. An invitation to him. Right? Babe, you know, I really love when we spend time together. You know, lately we've been apart. You know, I'm just so you know, you know, when you see me in the tub, this is sort of like just sending a signal here, right? Now it's up to him. You send an invitation, you send a signal, you decide. Some people have codes. For my wife, it's the outfit. She comes out of the bathroom with that little thing. I know what that means. It's an invitation. I don't have to. But if you sat on the couch and said, let's go, it's time, I'm horny, that won't work. That will not work. That's, that's mothering. And that's actually, that will kill the whole thing on the spot. So again, it's the, the difference between men and women. It's the difference between I want to lead and she wants to support my lead. If she decides to lead as a man, it's irritating. You ask for more, you get less. Not because he's a jerk, because he's a man. I say that actually often and I get a lot of shit for it. But I think what it is, is that like, for example, the other day someone wrote in to me and they were like, my boyfriend never helps out around the house. Like, how do Mm -hmm. I get him to help out without like being naggy? And I said, I was like, why don't you give him like a task? Like tell him like, oh, you know, like, like for example, with me, with my husband, I mean, it Mm -hmm. sounds so juvenile, but it like, it really is what works. Like I'll say to him, like, you're so much better at taking out the trash. This isn't a good example, but you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, no, you're, so, a, you're a, so much better than me at blah, blah, blah. And then he all of a sudden wants to do it. And so it's like, I gave him a task without saying, can you take out the trash? You never take out the trash. Yeah. Instead, Nagging. I'm like, you know, you're so good at this. I, the, I like the way you do it better than the way I do it. Or yeah. just a simple, like, sweetie, I did this and this. There's that and that left or something, you know? And then mm-hmm. they'll, he'll take it and run with it. 
That's an invitation. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Not a directive, not by words. I need you to do this. Don't ever say that to a man. You're going to get less. And not because he's a jerk, because he's a man. Again, those are differences. This, this respectful mothering that they react to instantly. I do, and they all do. Again, not my opinion. So the idea is to always to be an invitation. You know, if you did this for me, men want to be your heroes. So to be your hero, you have to invite him to be a hero, and then he has an opportunity to be a hero, and that's why he wants to do it. If you tell him what to do, he doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And now again, and there's a lot of layers to this. I'm giving you the like the hard cover, like the quick. No, notes, I like you know, it. I like the, the, the quickie, but factual. Mm-hmm. And then, so if I'm if I'm listening to this podcast right now, and I'm single, and I want a little bit of, I'm a single woman, I want a little bit of direction yep. to. Yep invite my partner into my life, you know, find someone that's good for me. What would you say makes a man commit to a woman these days? The ultimate question, right? Because that's, that's what everybody's struggling with. You know, they they don't commit. They don't want to get married. They don't want to do anything. They just want to hook up. They just want to have fun. Well, that's part of the cultural thing as well. So women make the mistake. Then they, they meet somebody one day, two days, three days, four days, they start sleeping with them, thinking that intimacy starts something exact opposite. It kills it for most men. It kills it. If you get him by the body first, instead of his heart, you're just going to be something for him to play with forever. So they'll hang around as long as it's fun, as long as you don't nag, as long as you let him, you know, two months, two years, whatever. Doesn't go ever past three years if it's strictly sexual, ever. He's never invested in you. He doesn't care for you. You're just, you made it too, too convenient. I hate to say this. I'm not being sexist. It's just getting the data. Men can't explain that to ladies, by the way. You know, men always want the sex. You give them the sex. They don't care. Right. Well, and then they go, to, yeah. they, go, they, they go look out for another woman who's mar- marriage material. That's how they put it. They don't quite know what it is. Men can't explain this to you. I could. I can. I explained to men. No, what's they happening can't with explain them. it and they would never admit it. So I actually, w- yeah. I agree with you about that. I would probably phrase it a little differently, but I just don't sure. think that it, they don't have something to hold on to until they know you and your personality and they actually like you independent of anything physical. Yeah, um, and then, so let's say you get, you get someone, you know, you get, you get a man as a woman or mm-hmm. as a man, you know, what makes a man leave? Ooh. Again, it depends on how it started, honestly. But let's you say know, it started it, with yeah. doing all the right things, doing all the things that you would recommend. It's, it's very hard for men to leave when they're committed. Very, very hard. Men, men, women, I'm going to say this, it's going to sound terrible, but again, it's another conversation really, that men understand commitment in a way that women don't. When men when men commit, let's say they, you know my girlfriend, right? It's not this week. It's my girlfriend until you know something derails us. Hopefully, nothing. And if he gets married, it's not for this week, this month, next year. Crossing your fingers, it'll work out. It's forever. Like men, when men make those commitments, they they don't. It's not in the moment. It's long term. Otherwise, they can't commit. Right? There's a deal breaker with you. They can't do it. He won't say, "Be my girlfriend." If, if you don't see, does it see a future with you? He doesn't want that around him. If there's tension, it's weird, you're emasculating your mother, whatever, he won't do it. So when men commit, it's a big freaking deal. And they do it because it's, they, see, they see the flow and they want to provide and protect. They're masculine enough, they want that. So 
it's hard from that place for men to leave because they basically lay down their sexuality and the rest of their lives being irresponsible in the world for the woman they committed to. It's a huge deal. But for the feminine, and it's not your fault, it's kind of a cave woman default system, is because if you've heard all the horrible stories, because some of you have been cheated on, because you've heard your girlfriends get beat up and all that ridiculous stuff that happens in the world, you always question this commitment. You always question. Every day you want to hear that you're safe with him, that he's not talking to somebody else, and that he's not thinking about somebody else, that he's not, right? So you truly, the way I put it, and it sounds horrible, it's just, again, data that men understand commitment, women don't understand it or trust it the way men do it. So for a man to leave, get this, men leave in this condition. A man who was married, unless a woman is out of her mind and sick, but typically will say this, she has no idea who I am. She misunderstood me my entire life. I can't do nothing right. And they, they finally say to a woman, obviously, I can't make you happy, which is might as well just shoot him between the eyes. If I can't make you happy, I want to die because I want to be a hero at the core. And if I can't make you happy, I'm a loser. So men will say, obviously, I can't make you happy. So I'm going to release you back to the world to find you Mr. Perfect because that's not me. So sorry. Well, that's when okay. Ended. There's a few things I want to unpack here. And, yes, then, and then I know we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately, <laughs> soon. But you mentioned something about women being beaten up or something. What was your point with yeah. that? I just want to make sure that we're not obviously saying anything against no, women. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, you know, everybody has horrible stories. Okay. And those we don't forget. Right. So a woman gets this because because we've been, you know, human beings for like millions of years. Sure, because women know that other known. women have been hurt and abused right. by men. So there's they always that well are nervous and he, worried. Right. Okay, I see. And is it one of them they've been cheating on? So you go, Oh, is he cheating on me? Because you know, that happens to it. someone else. Of course. Okay. And it's actually in your body, by the way. It's more than that, you own it in your mm-hmm. body. You don't have to have been raped to know how terrible that is. And I'll tell you, it's in your body. It's passed on gen- gen- from generation to generation. You know it. Right. So there's that question mark on everything all the time because of the horrible stories. I see. Literally. I see. Okay. So, I see. In that case, I, I understand what you're saying. So, so men, you think ultimately leave because they can't please the woman that they're with or they feel like they nothing that what they do is enough. But what about the men who step out of their relationship because the woman is so agreeable and so gives like no pushback and is almost like, I don't know if I want to say too feminine, but almost like, you know, the man can do no wrong. And so they just feel like they're walking all over this woman. You know, there's like 75,000 ways to do a a dynamic in relationships type thing. You know what I mean? There's all the layers of, if you're dealing with a narcissist, you know, he's going to, he's going to make sure that you, to keep you down and you're in your place and insecure. And the moment you're trying to negotiate something, they're going to make you wrong for it. And you're going to think, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm too much. My mother's right. I talk too much. I should shut. Right. So narcissists could put you in a box and lay you down on the floor so quickly, both men and women, by the way, it's, it's not a masculine and feminine thing. So these are dynamics that happen. And these guys are all about, and girls are all about me, myself, and I. So they want the security of a woman at home to do what women do at home. And they have affairs on the side because that's, it's all about him. That's not what I'm talking about, right? But that exists, right? So people are all kinds of different ways of operating and twisted. What I'm talking about, what I'm teaching is, you know, with healthy, not sick, not 
not sick, not narcissistic, not schizophrenic, not bipolar. You know, you can't do anything with that. Honestly, you can't do anything with that. You can't predict and you know negotiate and work it out. People are not okay, right? So that's one. So there's a discovery there with who you're dating, and there's ways to get there quickly as opposed to months. Anyway. You know what I'm saying? I see. But yeah. that nature will have men do what nature does. And men want to take care of women and their children and their family and everybody around their in their realm and kind of put their arms around that life and their lives to keep it, to keep them protected and provided for. That's mm-hmm. nature. And then and women, yeah. Go ahead. No, and then Your my turn. my last question for you is let's say that I'm the breadwinner. Let's say I make more than yep. my husband and yep. there's nothing yep. I can do about that. That's just the way yep. that it is. Yep. What can I do to and I hate that I'm even saying this because it's so ridiculous uh-huh. that I'm rolling my eyes, but it's like what can I do to make him feel like the man in that situation? Like even if he's really successful himself, it's just that I'm more successful, let's say. Yeah. Now if if you're truly in a partnership, it's almost irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But what happens, because we're monkeys, and I mean by that we're animals, right? We're instinctively driven a lot more than we think we are. It's a very normal thing that if the person who makes the most money decides they're in control, that's typically what happens without real consciousness. So if, he, if he's accountable for making the money and he makes decisions around that because he's the man, and you end up making more money and decide you're going to take that from him and you're going to make decisions. This is where it goes to shit. Right. So just so keep giving the, him the opportunity to make decisions regardless of who's doing right. better. Don't, don't change your role. Instead, you have a conversation about now we have this extra income. What do we manage? What do we do with this? Mm-hmm. Maybe we take the extra that you make and invest that here or save it over here because we're going to invest in this later. And sure. so, but not make that a power struggle and a power play, which is always what happens. If you know, if you're not, if you let nature do what nature does, mm-hmm. it becomes a power play. And then you emasculate the man. You decided that now you're going to take the lead. You're going to mother him. It's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Disaster. Very interesting insights yeah, here. I I do see a lot of your points and I really appreciate you for coming on. Andre, can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that you Woo! that has helped plenty. you throughout the years? I also have a gift for you listeners if you want. Ooh. A little gift. Yeah. I love a gift. But one of my favorite lines is, you know, it's where you don't know that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you find your life in a loop, whether it's relationships, business, money, right, and you find yourself kind of like feeling like you're in on a on a wheel like a hamster, it's you. It's you. And so it's not the world, it's you. So, you know, what decision have you made as a child in the back of your head? We talked about this in the beginning, that you're not worthy, that you're whatever it is. So I always say, go investigate. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> go investigate, get Get uncomfortable finding out what's not working for you. That's, That's awesome. my piece of advice. That's right? really helpful. And it's so important to do that. My work. little gift. Yeah. My little gift. Are you ready? Yes. It's often, like I said, interesting because even when I speak to feminists, they want to put me in the misogynistic and pig, you know, you want to take women back to the 50s. And I go, no, you didn't hear a word I said. That's not at all what I'm saying. So when I kind of break it down a little bit, they get kind of, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't, you never thought of it that way. I'm like, beautiful. Think of it that way a little bit. Ruminate on that and come back and ask me some more. So if any of you listeners 
got a vision of that or a sense of that that you know what i'm bringing forth is <laughs> resonates with really how we wired what works best that's all i'm teaching right what works best into building a relationship i'm not a moralist you want to have sex you want to hook up i don't care but if you want to build something no we don't have the tools for that in our culture because everything's been dismantled it's complicated in a way you can't imagine mm -hmm. and most people can imagine so if anything i said resonated I'm offering anybody listening a, I call it exploratory call, right? So if you go to www.andregroupcoaching.com, it's a landing page that we created that takes you to my calendar, book a VIP hour, man or woman. And then we go basically into what's not working in your life. What was the dream? What's, you know, what's not working? I peeled an onion on that. I'm really, we'll go literally in, in 15 minutes, go back into childhood and figure out why you, as a woman, if you find yourself masculine, you know, walled up, protective, we literally put the button and go right for it. For men, is men, men who are unable to compete in the world is also a reason. So between the age of five and 11, everybody, no one gets out of childhood unscathed. So we actually go back into what's happened to you, which explains where you are now. So this is what happened. Fantastic. This is what we are. What's the dream? And then we talk about the other ways that I could help you get to the dream, whatever that is. Okay. So the call, the call itself may change your life, understanding why you operate the way you operate. Mm -hmm. So that's my gift to you. Well, thank you so much, Andre. And where can everybody find you, follow you and read your book? So if you go to www.projectequinox.net, it's my website. And on there, there's YouTubes, there's blogs, there's all kinds of stuff. At Instagram at Project Equinox. E-Q-U-I-N-O-X, a Facebook group where I teach as a Facebook group that is free. All the links are on my email, so I could actually email you and you'll have all the links so that if you want to post them. So you could just Google my name and I'm all over the place. There's a lot of blogs out on YouTube. You just Google on podcasts and on your parodies, and, you know. And it's another way to sort of go a little deeper into what I'm talking about. And like I said, if you want to build a healthy relationship, you don't know how. If you can't find good men, if you can't find good women, there's a whole reason for that. Part of culture, part, part of your belief system. Call me. We could dig in. See what's up. Awesome. Thank you That's so my much, life. Andre. It was so great chatting with you. And here. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Maybe we'll do another part two because I feel like you've got a lot to say. Yeah, that sort of seems to be happening a lot lately too. Like, you know, there's so there's 600,000 topics. I mean, exaggerating, but it's, there's really an endless list of topics about that and what's happening in our culture. I love it. It's pretty cool. So anytime at all, that's for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.